these days. As a 57-year-old adult, every time I hear that, I stop listening. Because as a professor, I have found this following generation to be simply outstanding. And I am proud to be joined today by two fellow University of Missouri alumni, Trey Lucas and Truman Webb. How are you? Thanks for being on. What's going on, Stuart? We're happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And when, you know, we send over, we talk about bullet points on these podcasts and you guys have questions for me, which is a first. This is our like 80th podcast and nobody ever asked me anything. So this is great. All right. So the way that we start these podcasts is always the same. Trey and Truman, here's the deal. First three questions. Hometown, first job, fun fact. Ready? Trey, I know you better. Let's go. So my name is Trey Lucas. My hometown is Overland Park, Kansas. That's where I grew up, was born and raised. Uh, and what was the second question? First job. First job. Are we talking internship? Oh, or anything that you got paid to do first, whatever that first was. Job. Okay. First job was I was a freshman in high school and I started working at Waterway. It was a it was a car, car wash. wash. There you yep. go. Oh yeah, selling car washes. All right, and fun fact. Fun fact. Um, oh, here's a fun fact. You two have known each other since kindergarten. Correct. Yeah, Truman and I are actually best friends since kindergarten, and we were able to somehow come together our last semester of college and live together. So it kind of came full circle. That's so cool. Okay, Truman. Same three questions: hometown, first job, fun fact. Got it. Hometown. Same with Trey. Overland Park, Kansas. First job, I bust tables at a local Mexican joint called Jose Peppers. And fun fact, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in February this year. Oh, wow. That is a great fact. There you go. All right. So you two have graduated from the University of Missouri this past spring semester, right? Is it just this past one, 22 or 21? So we just graduated in December, actually. Oh, in December of 21. Yeah. Yep. All right. So one of you went into the insurance industry. One of you have gone down the investment banking path. How did you decide to do that, starting with Trey? So I feel like this is a pretty common answer amongst people within the insurance industry. It's that, you know, they weren't actively seeking insurance. It kind of just found them. And same applies to myself. So I was about a senior in high school when I guess this kind of started. I was uh, I was dating a girl at the time, and her dad seemed to be doing something right. And so I was just, you know, constantly, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. Like, you think you can employ me? And it was always kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then two years later, I ended up becoming president of my fraternity, and I think that kind of changed things. And I was also dropping my resume off at a few, like, houses that I thought were pretty established. Like, oh, what does this guy do? Like, I, I would love to somehow just talk to him, right? You know, I'm not asking for a job. I would just, I'm curious to what it is that they did. And I believe he heard that is what I was told. And because I was doing it like three times a day for a week and was told, hey, you probably should refrain from doing that anymore. <laughs> but but that's, uh, ended up- You know what they call that, Trey? They call that initiative. That's, okay, that's yeah. initiative. <laughs> yeah, so, someone else also said stalking, but initiative is better. <laughs> initiative, that's what, yep, that's initiative. But he ended up referring me to uh, my current boss now and just said, hey, he was also a former Mizzou finance major and ended up emailing him, having a talk, had two internships with Amwins Kansas City, 
And uh, now I'm fully employed there. I started on uh, January 4th. It's Amwin or Amwins? Amwins. A-M-W-I-N-S. And what, it's an insurance brokerage? Wholesale insurance brokerage. Yes, sir. Very nice. Okay. Truman, you, man, you're a finance major at Mizzou. I was a finance major at Mizzou. The guy that taught me Econ 51, is this still a class, Econ 51? Do they still they call it They may have changed that? the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, they may have changed the numbers, but I'm sure it's still a class. So the guy that taught me Econ 51 was a guy named Walter Johnson. And when I went back to Mizzou and spoke at the class there, the place I went, it's like a memorial to this guy. That's how long ago I went to Mizzou. Like the guy that taught me, there's now a memorial outside of the building for him. So it's been a while is my point. Truman, you were a finance major. You knocked the cover off the ball and you're now going to Stiefel as an investment banker in the fall. Well, how'd you get there? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question and definitely like a story behind it. So in high school, I was really involved in like my physics and my calculus courses. So I thought I could sort of translate that into becoming a mechanical engineer at Mizzou starting in the fall. But all that sort of changed when an older member of my fraternity introduced me to an organization at Mizzou called the University of Missouri Investment Group. I mean, it's a group that focuses on placing Mizzou students into Wall Street careers like investment banking, private equity, venture capital asset management, hedge funds, et cetera. And so when I first kind of went to one of the group's first meeting, I really just had an eye-opening experience, you know, what investment banking is and what these careers were, because before that, I had no idea. I didn't even know what investment makers did. I didn't know anything at all. So I kind of changed my major from mechanical engineering to actually accounting. So I'm not finance, but I took a lot of finance courses through Mizzou. And so I kind of instilled this four-year mindset where I knew I had to take certain steps of achieving my goal of becoming an investment banker post-graduation. So I landed internships in a variety of fields like private wealth management, commercial banking, kind of transaction services, deal advisory for a big four accounting firm. Finally, this last summer, I interned at Stiefel in their investment banking division. So I'm really excited to go back in the fall. Should be a good time. And I love my team. So it'd be great to join with them and you know learn as much as I can. I mean, that's a very good summary, Truman. They they call that initiative. You took the initiative. And uh, look at the two of you. I mean, you know, it's great to see. You know, I have no ownership at all in, at Mizzou anymore, but I still love it. And my real love is college students, right? You know, kids these days, they don't want to work. Kids these days, they don't want to do anything. Kids these days, they need they can't get off their phones. It drives me insane. I look at people like you two and others that are so accomplished, not only in the classroom, but as human beings. I think that your generation has a service component that maybe my generation didn't. Can you talk about some things that you did outside the classroom, maybe even pre-college, that you feel like made a difference. This is not, I'm not talking about any sort of extracurricular activities that involve the consumption of alcohol or some other like pursuit, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, I can start with this. So my family is from a small town in Missouri. So we kind of come from like humble beginnings and we you know, understand how important it is to give back, you know, be very recognizing, you know, what brought you to where you are. 
And so in high school, I mostly middle school and sometimes in high school, I volunteered for my church youth band. So I played a lot of guitar for the band every Sunday. And, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of a good way for me to give back to, you know, younger kids and I lead small groups and stuff like that. And then going to Mizzou, the University of Missouri Investment Group, the group that kind of changed, you know, my path, my career path for the rest of my life. I then served in the executive board my sophomore and junior year, and then I was president my senior year of that group, and just sort of giving back and making sure that each student got the same experience that I did because it was like a life-altering, really important group in my, I guess, professional development. And I wanted to make sure, you know, the group's still surviving, still thriving and growing because it is like a very important group for me. And I think that a lot of students deserve to kind of have the similar experience that I did. That's terrific. When you came into the job market, right? It's pretty hot job market. Yeah. The economy looks real iffy right now. I mean, the last time in 99, right? Which is you two weren't born. Is that true? That's how old I am, man. That's brutal. We were one. We were, you one. were one. Okay, great. So it was like, <laughs> I, I was born with like the earth was still cooling. And, and so how did you find Mizzou's career services, and did that help you get where, get to your career now? Or was that your individual effort, some combination, parental connections? How did you, I mean, it's network, 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 and that's fine. But to, to your point, Truman, about other people having the same experience, my experience with underrepresented groups in particular, is that some of those networking opportunities, and I'm a first generation college student from a small town. My grandfather was a carpenter, went to eighth grade. Like, I didn't know what investment banking was either. And I don't think I figured it out until I was like 30, right? So how did you find your networking? And what advice would you give yourself when you walk through the door at Mizzou? I can take this one first, Truman. So I kind of knew coming into Mizzou as a student and not like playing a sport, I was going to kind of be at a disadvantage based because like, I think student athletes kind of, because I mean, they're a full-time student on top of a full-time job. I was like, okay, I need to get as active as I can and whatever it is I can. And so that started with joining ATO, but then I also started with going to the business school and seeing what organizations and clubs that there were within there and just kind of diversifying myself and as much as I could. And can I, can I ask a quick question there? Yeah. Your initiative, I mean, you've clearly taken the initiative, and I, but were you scared when you did that? When you went into the business school, were you like, like, I mean, you had to, you, it, it wasn't, it was scary for you, I would assume, yes. right? Yes, everything is scary. Getting on this podcast is scary, Stuart. Really? Come on, man. <laughs> My hands were like this before. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's everything funny. Is- I mean, people who listen to these, right? It's like, here's the you know hidden secret. If you goof it up too bad, we can just edit it out. So, you're, you know, just relax. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, no, we're good now. Everything is, it is hard to take the initiative and it, it is nerve wracking. But if you at least give yourself a chance is kind of how I look at it, like, one, you'll either learn that like, okay, that didn't happen. How can I reassess it and change like what I did? But if you never give yourself the opportunity to try something, even if it is nerve wracking, you won't know. And so that's why I've always just like, all right, I'm just gonna go out there and if something works, it works. And if not, it won't. What, what sport did you play? I played basketball primarily. 
Oh, okay. For Mizzou. No, 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 no. Oh, intramural. In, uh, in high school. Yeah, oh, high school, I was, high school. I, I wasn't good enough to ever play at Mizzou, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah we share that. Um, so, <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think what I used to say to my students is, it's just as important to find out what you don't like. Sometimes that's easier, right? You go, I don't like that. Like I didn't like commercial banking. I was like, pass, you know, I just, it was just me, you know, it doesn't, nothing wrong with commercial banking. It just was my thing. And when Truman said, you tried a whole bunch of different things, like, you know, Trey's advice is, hey, go to the business school, figure out what's going on and throw your hat in the ring with some clubs and whatnot. You did that. Anything else that you did on the networking side that you think made a difference? So I, I think the most important thing about internships is, like you said, is finding out, you know, what you don't like opposed to just finding out what you do like. And no knocking on my previous internships, but like private wealth management wasn't quite for me. Neither was commercial banking, neither was deal advisory. And I think that, you know, investment banking really found that sweet spot for me. And I think that going back to what Trey said about, you know, taking initiative and like reaching out first to these alumni, you'll find that Mizzou alumni primarily are very responsive to you. If you say in your subject line to your cold email, hey, Mizzou student pursuing a career in investment banking, like in a subject line, they'll see that. And your hit rate is much higher than if you just cold email someone who went to like Harvard or Yale or like people who get thousands of emails a day. So I think that Mizzou's done a really good job of building this pipeline of people who are now in these careers and growing in prosperity. Now they see that future Mizzou students are trying to do similar things and they're much more able to give back. I think that that's a common trend that almost every Mizzou student has. So, so did you guys have questions for me? Seriously? I definitely did. So, okay, go, go ahead. My end goal is to start my own business. I'm not sure what it is yet. And maybe, maybe something to financial services, maybe something completely different. I'm not really sure. And I think that a lot of clubs I was in, like I was in a venture capital club at Mizzou, um, shout out Ace. The the group is a student-managed venture capital fund that invests in startup businesses in the Midwestern area. And being in that group, you're able to talk to a lot of business owners and people who start these early stage businesses. And I think it's always interesting to hear their story and you know how they got to starting a business because it is a really big leap of faith. I mean, it's something that I... I'm hoping to musk up the courage to do eventually in my life, but I'm curious, Stuart, for you, kind of your story and, you know, how you got to starting this, this business. It's interesting. I, you know, it's a great question. I, I just uh, had the opportunity to listen to Betsy Ziegler, who's the CEO of 1871, which is a, with a number one rated business incubator in the world based here in Chicago. And it was amazing to me, eye-opening. And I think that venture capital gives you an eye into the future, if you will, right? I mean, I saw some things on in her presentation that just boggled my mind. And I think that's exciting and I, and I get that. And, and I wanted to run my own business too. And for me, I kind of landed here, um, kind of got shuffled out a little bit couldn't find the right fit. I moved to Chicago, lost my job, and became a professor through the grace of God, seriously, and had a, a great six years at, shout out to Lake Forest College in Lake Forest, Illinois. And then had another year at Northeastern Illinois University, which is a wonderful school, and met a great group of students there. And so, I was fortunate to do that. And while I did that, I had launched Insurance AUM, but Insurance AUM 
com and the publishing aspect I launched in the fourth quarter of 17. And I funded it on my own, credit cards, you name it. And I hung it out there and I was about 60 grand in debt. And I hadn't taken in any revenue. And I'm making like, you know, I'm not making asset manager money when I'm doing that, right? Because I mean, that was my career prior. And I was ready to quit. In like June of 18, I was ready to be done. And my wife said, you know what? Just keep going a little bit more. And the next couple of weeks, Wellington, Wellington Management, Rich Kaufman, called me up and said, hey, we want to take your top subscription. Send us an invoice right away. And it seemed like they paid it in about a minute. That was the reason that we didn't go broke and go out of business in the summer of 18. I've told Rich that story with tears in my eyes, thanking him for what they did for us. And uh, we'll never forget it. But I mean, I'm 57 and I have a lot. I've taken on a lot of risk. And this is not the advisable time to do that in your life. The time to take risk is when you're you. Because you don't have, you know, children and grandchildren and, you know, whatever to deal with. And I, I don't mean deal with in a negative way, but they are definitely from a business perspective, right? We have a responsibility to them. My daughter is actually younger than, than you both, and she's getting ready to go into college. And so it is frightening. It is frightening but incredibly rewarding. People say, I want to be my own boss. And that's great. And I said that too. I want to be my own boss. And here's the problem. When you own the thing, nobody tells you when you're stupid. <laughs> nobody tells you, nobody tells you like, hey, listen, that's a terrible idea. I mean, I spent the price of a Tesla generating, you know, a capability that frankly was just a failure. And what I'd often say to students, I mean, Amazon, everybody talks about Amazon like it's, it's a juggernaut, but they've done 60 acquisitions that failed, right? And companies don't fail because they make bad decisions necessarily. They fail because they don't make decisions. And I think as an entrepreneur, you've got to be willing to admit when you were wrong, cut your losses and do something different. And the ability to be nimble will keep you alive. But I think it's also helpful from where you're going into the investment banking business in particular, it will give you a vantage point to see different business models, how scale works, scale and operating leverage works, how businesses develop value and repeatable revenue and the value of that, which is something that we've been able to achieve here. So I did it out of necessity. I did it out of drive. I've done things that were a flop and some other things worked. I really want to make this point. InsuranceAUM.com has a phenomenal team of people. Lindsay Michaels, Glenn McLaughlin are two of the key people. Our um, designer, Angela, that team is an incredible team. And there's no way that you can do this alone. And I think that another part of being an entrepreneur is recognizing what you're not good at and stop doing it. Hire someone to do the things that you're terrible at. 
But, you know, long, long answer to a simple question. But what's next? That was, first of all, that was a really good answer. And I was about to start taking notes. Now I remember this is recorded. <laughs> Just listen to the podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. Oh, thank you. As similar to Truman, I inspired. I mean, I hope one day I'm able to start up a business of my own as well. Again, I have no idea what that is, but I'm sure I'll have a, I'll be inspired some way down the road. I do have a question for you as well. So if, with everything you know now and everything you've, you've been through in life, because there's ups and downs always, if you were 23 years old again, which is how old Truman and I are right now, what would you wish you would have known or what would you do differently with everything you know moving forward amongst your career, whether that's in life, business, or anything? I think uh, a couple things. One, I would take more risk and at your age, career risk, because you don't have far to fall at this point, right? And it's a good time to do it. In life, you want to take on options that have limited downside and lots of upside. And those are looking at areas of growth uh, the finance industry has changed dramatically and continues to change dramatically. And I think you've got to look where the ball is going, not where it's been, right? Betsy Ziegler said the other day, the slowest, and this isn't as big a deal for somebody your age, but at my age, right? She said, the pace of change that you'll experience in your life will never be slower than today. Wow. And so there's a lot of changes going on, particularly in finance. And I think you've got to be mindful of that as you pick a career, right? There are jobs and, and lines of careers that aren't going to exist with the development of AI, right? I saw a mock-up of an individual who looked like a real person by every I'm looking at it looks like a photograph of a person it is a virtual psychologist that is available on your phone and you can replicate that person quote unquote person unlimited number of times that is wild these are the these are concepts that I can't I could never have even conceived of so I think at your age you take a lot of risk and you look for options that you look for things that have limited downside and a lot of upside. The other thing I would say is, and I think you're doing this when you say, I want to start a business, but I'm not sure what it is, is hold on to the goal and let go of the path because you don't know where the water is going to take you when you go through the rapids. You kind of want to keep your head up and see, you know, and keep kind of navigating but like, you know, sort of the way that if you think about it like GPS and you set in your coordinates, you know, if you see a sign that says, you know, fresh raspberries two miles down the road and you take that detour, right? No big deal. You still know where you're going. It's not that a detour or a change or whatever derails you from your long-term goal. So I think take a lot of risk and hold on to the goal, let go of the path. Yeah, I think something that I always think about is how it's kind of a catch-22 in a sense, because when you're young, 
your risk profile is much larger. You're able to take more risk. However, you don't really have the funds necessary a lot of the time. And then when you're, when you grow older, you have the funds, but the risk profile is much slimmer and you have people you have to take care of and established career you have to leave and don't forget arthritis uh you know, <laughs> yeah uh, you know yeah and i mean if you, anybody who's ever seen me i mean i'm gray as a schnauzer i mean yeah I mean, hey, tell truman, me truman and i got a lot of gray hairs coming <laughs> quick <laughs> yeah it's hey, uh, we, we, we've, we've been stressed a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i hear just wait believe me just wait um but you know yeah i mean that's it is true, but when I'm talking about risk, I'm talking less about investing your capital as I am, for example, I would have been terrified to pack my bags and move to New York or Chicago when I first got out of school. I wanted a safer option because I didn't frankly think that I had the what it took to be competitive. And what I would tell you is, have confidence that you do. And if you haven't had the experience directly, that you're smart enough to figure it out. And this is particularly true for females. There's a woman named Margaret Milkent who's been on a couple of podcasts with us. She's a dear, dear friend and does a lot of work in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's a global leader in that field. And she said that a male if they have 75 or so percent of the qualifications, they'll apply for a job. And females sometimes will have more than 100% of the, of the qualifications and won't apply for it. So I think it's put your chips on yourself and take that sort of risk as opposed to investing capital. I'm talking more about, you know, sort of, of taking a leap of faith that you are more capable than you may think you are. That's a great point. I can kind of go off of that. When uh, I was a sophomore, it was sort of in spring semester of 19, when I was elected to become president of 155 man chapter of Mizzou. And I had like base, I mean, I had leadership from sports, but you know, I was asking like my grandpa and some mentors, I'm like, all right, like, how do I, and they basically just said that, like, I mean, you were elected for a reason. And so that means people trust you and you're going to have decisions you're going to have to make. And you're just going to have to trust that, like, you know, what you're wanting to do is going to be ultimately the right way. It's like, you know, trusting your your stomach, like your gut feeling over your heart because it's, you know, it takes all the motions down. It's like, this is what I think is right. And kind of doubling down on yourself. Yeah. And I, I, I do think, I do think that another great piece of advice is don't push through that pit in your stomach or that I would say, follow your gut, your gut's right way more often than not. And, um, but believe this or not, like we're at the end of this podcast because people will be like, holy cow, these guys are going to, right. The last thing they want to do is listen to me, man, believe it. So, um, I want to say thank you very much to both of you. I'd love to have you back on. Congratulations on graduating in a really tough environment. I mean, nobody needs to talk about how ugly COVID was for college students, but you know, you had an atypical college experience, which is too bad, but it's great to see you both out and doing so well. 
Stuart, thank you for having us on. We're very appreciative. We had a lot of fun. I would like to spend one last thing. You know, even though college kind of took a, a detour from what it was to how it changed, Truman and I still were able to make the most of it and have a blast. I really don't even, I don't think either of us reflect on our college experience and say, I wish it would have been different because I think we both really enjoyed how it went. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much for having us on, Stuart. I really appreciate My it. My pleasure. Let's, let's, let's end this in the right way. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. I love it. All right, man. Go Mizzou. Go Tigers. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Thanks for being on, guys.